L'chaim l'abrach, everyone. L'chaim. Ah! Today's a, today's a big night. A very, very, very big night to be spending together, learning together. The night is... Let me move this up so I make sure we get a good shot. Hold on. We're better now. Tonight is the Hilula, the yard site of Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi, the first Chabad Rebbe, who's I consider very, very much my teacher in the sense that so much of everything I teach and learn is inspired by Rabbi Shneir Zalman of Liadi. He's the teacher of millions of Jews across the world. In a sense, he's the teacher of the Jewish people. Um, he opened up the Alter Rebbe opened up normal, regular, ordinary people to be able to experience and connect to God in ways that were not available before he came along as we will talk so he passed away in 1802 and Tav Kuf Ayin Gimel, Chavdal Tevis, which was still 1802, I think, yeah. So now it would be 1902, 2002, it would be 220 years this year, or 219 years, no, this year would be 2021 still. So it's 219 years since the Histalkus, the passing of the Altareb. So we know we know the Altareb was um, the um, Balatanya, known as the Balatanya and the Shulchan Aruch, because his two monumental pieces of monumental works in Torah, even though there's so many, so many books from him. But uh, the two primary svarim that the Alter Rebbe wrote was the Shulchan Aruch. He wrote a code of Jewish law, and what we might say an updated, um, expansive book of Jewish law over the Shulchan Aruch that was already there before. And as we'll soon see what the his novelty was, and his chiddush was, and also he wrote the book of Tanya, which is like the the opening book for anybody that wants to study Hasidus and get 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 into the Hasidic way of thinking and, and, and the Hasidic way of serving God, one must study the book of Tanya. Okay. So we know that every event is connected always to the parsha. So what I would like to do in this class is to explore the connection of, of the Alter Rebbe to this week's Parsha. Like, where do we see the Alter Rebbe? Why did Hashem choose the elevation of his soul to be in this week's Parsha, especially accordance, especially accordance to the amazing teaching of Reb Shneir Zalman, of Liadi himself, of the Baal HaTanya. He's referred to sometimes Baal HaTanya, the author of the Book of Tanya, that... Um, 
the significance of a yard site is that if the day of the tzaddik passes or any soul leaves the world, being that they conclude their work at that time, so it's like, you know, at you, when you conclude your work, you present it. And that's when you kind of, you know, present the entire work. It's like a person is, when do you go out and present a book if you're writing a book? When you completed the book. You complete the book, then you come to the publisher and say, here's my book. Or part, if you want to say the publishing is part of the completion of it, it's part of the work. But then you publish it, you print it, then you bring it and you, and, you, and, and you present your book to your friends, your acquaintances, sell it to bookstores. Here's your book. When do you have the book? When it's completed. So each and every one of us, our life is a story. Our life is a book. When do we have, and so every part of a person's life, every day of a person's life are details in his story, his or her story. When do you have the summary of your entire story, the entire book? When you complete the book, and that's the day of a person's conclusion of their of their uh, work, of their mission in this world, then they completed it, and they returned their soul to the maker. That's why every year on the day of the yard side of the tzaddik, all the work of that tzaddik is now comes together as a whole. And it shines and it illuminates. So tonight is the most powerful, powerful illumination. Especially since Rav Shneir Zalman of Liadi, his entire uh, contribution is illumination. That's who he is. His very being is a being of light. He is light. He is perhaps the one who most turned on the lights for Mashiach. For Mashiach to come, there's a lot of things that need to happen. The world has to be corrected. The world has to be rectified. We have to elevate all the sparks. We have to do teshuva. Well, there's a lot of things that have to happen. We have to complete our atonement and all whatever. Well, all the stuff that have to happen in order for Mashiach to come. All the pieces that have to be in place. One of the most important things is to turn on the lights. And the Shneir Zalman of Liadi turned on the lights. We can start seeing messianic light, and we can start seeing, giving us the eyes to train ourselves to what we are going to see when Mashiach comes. When Mashiach comes, we're going to see God. We're going to see godliness. And we are going to see that there is none but Him. All is Hashem. Hashem is everything. And even though the word Sadiqim before the Alter Rebbe, who taught and revealed the idea, and, may, and, was, and were able to bring to the people the experience that there's none but him. But they all did not do it through light. The Alter Rebbe turned on the light. And when he turned on the light, he enables everybody. When he turned the lights, everybody can see. Everybody can see. When you read the Torah and the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, the light turns on in your own soul. For that, you can, they can testify. So many people who listen to these classes, whether it's the Thursday night class, last night we had a three-hour class. And uh, but even though it wasn't Thursday night, it was Sunday, I was completing that class. The thousands of hours of classes that we have on myon.com on our website, which 
99% of them are either the Rishner Zalman of the Adi's teachings himself or derivatives of his teachings as explained by his successors, the seven, six successors following Rabbeim of Chabad. But they're all an expansion on the Alter Rebbe's light. And what is the Alter Rebbe's light? It's the light of Mashiach. The light of Mashiach. And that's expressed in his name. The, the, the Alter Rebbe's personal name is Shnei or Zalman. That's his name. Shnei or Zalman. Two names. Shneor, what is the meaning of the word Shneor? Shneor comes from the word Shneor, two lights. In the Sefer um, Yamshel Shlomo, it's a book, uh, a um, commentary, a commentary on the Talmud by a very great, great, great scholar. So over there he talks about various different names. And he speaks about the name, Masechtas Gittin, he speaks about the various different names. He mentions the name Shneir. You see, when names become very important halachically when it comes to a divorce, because you have to make, a divorce can only be happened through a document. You see, when you betroth a woman, you marry a woman, you can do it. We don't do it necessarily. You do a ksuba as well, but the ksuba is not what creates the marriage. You can get married without the ksuba. You're not supposed to. You're not allowed to. The ksuba is an addition to the marriage. But to make a divorce, it can only be through a document. And the document has to be written with the correct name of the man and the woman, and therefore it becomes very important to know the spelling of the various different names. So that's why the... Uh, the great the rabbis have many many writings on this on the on the various different names, and sometimes they have to explore the root of a name in order to address what is the correct spelling of the name. So Schneer is kind of not a biblical name, but yet it's a, it's a Hebrew name, but it's yet not a biblical name. You don't find it anywhere in the Tanakh, and you don't find it anywhere in the sages of the Talmud. So it's kind of a, a latter name. The name Schneer. Who had the first Schneer? I'm not exactly sure. But in Yang Shal Shlom, in this book, he explains where the name Schneer comes from. He says it's made up of the word Schneer. And he actually relates an interesting story. He says there was a husband and a wife who had a baby. And they had two grandparents. You know, people like to name after their grandparents. There were two grandparents. One of them's grandfather was named Uri. The other one's grandfather, I think, was named Mayer. So they had a, a little dispute on, on, on how are they going to name the baby because the mother wanted a name after her Uri and the father wanted a name after his mayor. And they came to a res resolution that since Uri means my light, and mayor also means to illuminate, to shine, which also is the idea of light. So why don't we combine the two lights and, and make a name, Shnei'er, two lights. That's where he says the name Shnei'er comes from, 
It's a unification. It's two lights. So the Alter Rebbe's name, before he was even grown up and he was able to start with his powerful soul to illuminate, he was already designated to be this enormous illumination, this incredible godly illumination in this world, an unparalleled illumination to light up the world as a preparation for Mashiach and to light up the world for Mashiach, to help each and every one of us in the darkest part of the exile, when it gets super dark, we need not just ordinary light, we need extra light. So the Rupshner Zalman provides this incredible light, so his name was already destined from the beginning to be a name that stands for light, or light. But why Shnei Or? Why two lights? What's the significance of two lights? So when the Alter Rebbe was three years old, he was brought by his mother and his aunt. I remember the story correctly. I didn't reread it again. I forget it. I forget stories like crazy. I have to re always reread them. I like to always have the details correctly, and I didn't get a chance to relook at the story. But I think that when he was, that it was his mother and his and his aunt who took him to see the Balshemtov. I don't know if the father came along, Rebaruch. His father's name was Rebaruch. I'm not sure the father came along for whatever reason. When they came to the Holy Balshemtov and they came to get a blessing from the Balshemtov that he should bless this child, and um, that the Balshemtov should do the, the hair cutting, because we know that when the kid becomes three years old, a boy, that's when we give him his first haircut. It's part of the chinuch, the age of education. You start educating him, him as a Jew, keeping mitzvahs. And one of the things is that you have to leave the, the hair on the sides of the heads, pay us. So it's a very big thing, the cutting of the hair. So they brought him to the Balshem. It's the only time that the Alter Rebbe saw the Balshem. It was purposely kept away from him. He was told, they were told, by the Balshem that the Alter Rebbe is not allowed, that the Alter Rebbe is not allowed to come to the Balshem. The Alter Rebbe has to be a student of the student of the Balshem of the Magid, even though he could have, because um, the Alter Rebbe was 15 years old when the Balshem passed away, and his father was a Chassid of the Balshem so his father could have taken him when he was eight years old, ten years old, bar mitzvah. Yet. He wasn't allowed to. The Balshanta didn't let. There's a deep reason. Here's a beautiful story. The Mittler Rebbe, the son of the Alter Rebbe, asked his father, How come when you say Hasidus, when you re reveal the big secrets of the Torah, when you reveal the esoteric teachings of Hasidus, you're very pale. Your face is white. So his father said to him, That's because. The Rebbe, my teacher, the holy Mezritcha Magad, Rebdoiv Ber of Mezrich, when he said Chasidus, his face was white. I am, I am as my teacher. When my teacher said Chasidus, he was pale. So when I say Chasidus, I'm pale. And then the Alter Rebbe asked his son, and how come when you say Chasidus? Obviously, there were some times that the Alter Rebbe instructed his son to say Chasidus. Not exactly sure. Usually, you don't say Hasidus until you're the, I mean, until you're the Rebbe. The Mittler Rebbe didn't become Rebbe until after his father's passing. But 
I guess he would review his father's Hasidus and so on and so forth. He was instructor of the young Hasidim. So I'm not exactly sure what the Altar is referring to, but again, he said, when you say Hasidus, your face is red. How come? So the Mitla Rebbe said, because when your grandfather, when the Balshemtov said Hasidus, his face was red. I don't understand the meaning of the story. I can't tell you why the Balshemtov and the Mitla Rebbe had a red face when they said Hasidus. And the Alter Rebbe and the Mizritcher Magid were pale when they said Hasidus. I don't know the whiteness and the redness. Chesed and Gavura were all kinds of interpretations. But what I'm just saying from the story, you see that the Alter Rebbe belonged very much to his to his teacher and, and was not meant to come to the Balshemt. But when he was three years old, he did come to the Balshemt at one time. And the Alter Rebbe, when he was three years old, was not a little child. He was mature beyond his years. If we should only be reach any maturity at the maturest moment of our life, like the Alter Rebbe was when he was three years old. And when he saw the Holy Balshemta, he knew that this person is different. He knew that this. And he kept on asking his, his, his mother, who is this? Who is this? His aunt and his mother, who is this? And they said to him, the Zayda, the grandfather, the grandfather, as they told him. And the Alter Rebbe referred to the Balshemta as his grandfather, even though he wasn't his grandson in the physical sense, the Alter Rebbe saw himself as the spiritual descendant of the Balshemta. But at that time, the Balshemta blessed him, and the Balshemta said that you are Shnei Oyer, that the Alter Rebbe is Shnei Oyer, and Shnei Oyer means two lights, and that is because he is going to illuminate the world with double light. He is going to illuminate the world with double light. What are the two lights that he's going to illuminate the world with? The light of the hidden part of the Torah and the light of the revealed part of the Torah. Nister and Nigla, the concealed and the revealed. And as we see, and the Alter Rebbe concluded his life, and what do the Jewish people know him as? In Chabad, he's known as the Alter Rebbe. Alter means the old Rebbe, which means the first Rebbe we call the old Rebbe. The next Rebbe was called the Mitla Rebbe because he was the middle Rebbe. The middle of the Tzemach Tzedek was the third Rebbe. So in the time of the Tzemach Tzedek, the Mitla Rebbe was the middle Rebbe. Of course, now he's known by the middle. He's number two from a list of seven. Okay. But then he was known as the middle. The Alter Rebbe was the old Rebbe. The ancient Rebbe, so to speak. I'm sure there's deep, deep secrets why we call him the old. But how is he known to the rest in the Jewish world and the especially in the world of scholarship, how is the Alter Rebbe known? He's known as the Balatanya, the author of the Tanya, and Balatanya Val Shulchan Aruch, Shulchan Aruch Harav. And he wrote the Shulchan Aruch. These two contributions, Tanya and Shulchan Aruch, are the two lights. Tanya is the light of the hidden part of Torah. Even though there's so much more in the Alter Rebbe's teachings in the book of Lakuti Torah and the book of Torah Or, and then there's Mamari Admarazak, and there's volumes and volumes and volumes from what we have. So much of his Torah got lost, burnt, various different uh, burn fires that happened. But whatever we do have, and we have quite, quite a lot, yet all that is considered just branches from his main work, which is the Tanya, which is considered like the, uh, it's compared to the Torah Shabbat like the Chumash which is like the root and the source of all the other teachings. 
So the, his, his esoteric teachings, his, his contribution in the esoteric element of Torah is in the book of Tanya. And his contribution in the halachic, Talmudic aspect of Torah in the halachic world is that he gave a Shulchan Aruch. And both of them are incredibly innovative and they're both just unbelievable works which need, which one can study and study and study and study. And no matter how much you study them, you always see there's deeper depth, both in the Tanya and in the Shulchan Aruch. And these are the two lights, Shnei Or, that the Baal Shem Tov was talking about. So when his parents named them with that night, with that name, they had some kind of a prophetic vision of, regarding their son, that he would be an incredible illumination in the world. And as we say, it's not just an illumination that was back then, it's an illumination that's still here today. Because there is so much inspiration coming from the altar of his teachings every year. And that's what makes this yard site tonight more precious than last year. Is because in the last year itself, so many people's souls were lit up by the light of the altar. So many people went, ah, wow. It was like, just like godly. Like there was suddenly an experience of a godly light went off in their soul. And the Alter Rebbe, the illumination, and we'll, talk, we'll soon speak about what does illumination mean, but he enabled us to experience, first of all, to access our own soul. Very important, to access our own soul, to know ourselves. So much of the Tanya, the book of Tanya, is to get it, a deeper look in the qualities of who we are. From being, and thinking of ourselves as being just mere regular human beings, who have to make a choice between good and bad, the altar reveals to us that we have two magnificent, two souls. And one of our souls is a piece of God from above. And he reveals and explores and he opens up that soul for us to appreciate and understand how the soul works. So I saw the great saintly colleague of the altar but the friend of the altar his name is Reb Shleim of Karlin. He's another student of the Mizritcha Magid, great and holy Hasidic master. But he had a different, his style was different than the Alter Rebbe. Or I should say the Alter Rebbe's style was different than him. The Alter Rebbe paved his own path from all the other Hasidic uh, courts, and Hasidic um, Rebbe's. The Alter Rebbe paved his own path. Chabad, Chabad is its own branch, so to speak, in the Hasidic candelabra. So Reb Shloimek of Kalin once came to visit and he brought with him one of his students, one of his chassidim. And this was the cream of the crop. And reply, and this chassid would put on his head two pairs of tefillin side by side. Our people that I see today also do it, but usually it was only somebody that was on a very high level. Because the Gemara says that there is there's place in the head to put two tefillins. There's enough space. And his tefillin, actually Chabad tefillin is actually very big. But uh, tefillin could be small. You could put two of them side by side. And this with his chassid. So he, the Shlomo bragged about his chassid. He said, take a look at him. And he said, this chassid merited to see a Anavi, Elijah the prophet. And at that moment, one of the chassidim of the Alter Rebbe was in the midst of his prayers. His name was Rebbe Yamin Kletzker. He's one of the great Chabad chassidim in the first generation. And he was then praying. So Reb Shneir Zalman of Liadi pointed to his, to this. It's, it's an interesting, it's like a 
a little Rebbe debate where they're they're kind of each showing off their <laughs> their their students. So the Alter Rebbe pointed to him, and he said, "Take a look. He's holding by Sim Shalom, by the very last blessing of Shmona Esrei of the Amida, and by him right now is shining the Yechidus Shabenefesh." The highest level of the soul is now revealed in his in his prayer. He's tapping the deepest point, the deepest inner core of his own nisham of his soul. And he said, Alter Rebbe says, and he's laughing. That's the way the Rebbeims can jest with each other. He said he's laughing from the revelation of Elio and Navi, of Elijah, the prophet of your of your of your chassid. What did he mean? He's not laughing, scoffing. But the idea was. To know your own soul is higher and greater even than the revelation of Eliyahu Anavi. Because Eliyahu Anavi is a prophet. Asari is an angel. Now, Eliyahu is a malach. And the neshama is higher. So to uncover your own soul is deeper than Eliyahu Anavi. And the Altar Rebbe enabled us to tap and reveal our own soul. So in any case, we're going back to... Uh, the idea of the Alter Rebbe is being Shnei'or, the two lights. And that is the theme of this week's Parsha. Parsha's Ve'era, not just does it relate to this idea, but Parsha's Ve'era is the first word of Ve'era and the name of the Parsha. Basically, is all contains within it the 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 lights of of the Alter Rebbe. In other words, the Alter Rebbe is hinted it to in the first word of this week's parsha. You don't have to look deep, far into the parsha to find him, to find him, to find his energy. He is there in the opening word. Why? What does the word Va'era mean? God is speaking to Moshe. To Moshe. Hashem is talking to Moshe, and Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, Va'era. I have revealed myself. I have revealed myself. So the word va'era means I have revealed. I have revealed myself. Now, in order to reveal, what do you need? You need light. Where there is no light, everything is concealed. When you open the light, there is revelation. Especially when we consider the contribution of light. When we consider what, what light, the function of light. The function of light is very interesting. Light has absolutely no, no substance other than to serve the things around it. I mean, the whole meaning of light is so that as a result of light, we can see. And what can we see? We can see what is. But if there is nothing, let's say there is nothing, and all there is is light, then it's useless. Everything has some content for itself. 
But light has zero content for itself. The whole notion of light, it would be useless. If there's nothingness and you have light, and with that light, what could you do? You see nothing. There's nothing to see. Well, if you can see the nothing, then at least you can see the nothing. But if there's the, 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 the light, the brightness, what's brightness? When it's bright, it's clear. So it, it, it facilitates, it opens up the possibility to see. And then even more than that, not only does the light serve things, but the way light serves things is by the light being completely, completely, um, for example, let me make a salt, for instance. Salt has no utility for itself. I mean, you could, it can act as a preservative. Okay, there are certain things you can do, but basically the main usage of salt is that salt adds taste. But when the salt adds taste, the salt is adding to the thing, but there is there is the taste of salt. The main point of salt is not the taste of salt, but salt brings out the taste. But through the, the saltiness, it brings out the taste of everything. The salt is an addition. If you add uh, on, a, on a cake, you have a nice cake, and you add the icing to the cake. So the icing is not meant for itself, even though you might be making the icing and put your finger in and lick your finger and say, ah, you enjoy the icing, but that's not what it's about. And the woman in the kitchen would get upset if one of the kids come and stick their finger in and take the icing. I didn't make this chocolate cream just for the cream. This is meant to be the icing on the cake. But yet, how does it, so it's here to serve the cake, but when it's here to serve the cake, how does it serve the cake? By adding something to the cake. Light serves everything without adding. Light doesn't add anything. Light only allows everything that's there already for us to experience it. Now, the light just, where there is light and whatever is, you can see. So if you're in a beautiful place, and there's a lot of good to see and beautiful, wonderful things to see, then you're very happy. You can see the light. And if you're in a very ugly place, sometimes you might not want the light. But even then, you want to see where the ugly stuff are so you don't touch it. So the light can actually help you not to, to avoid what's bad. But the point of the light is it has no nothing for itself. It serves and it illuminates. And primarily, what the light does is the things that are already there already, the wonderful things that are there. There is a spring of water, and without the light, you don't know it's there, and you're thirsty. You have a light, daylight. You see where the water is. In the forest alone, you can see where the path is. You can see where there are berries. So you can take the berries and eat the berries. You can see where you can get shelter or whatever, because... You can see where there's a stone, so you don't bang into it. So light is everything, yet the light is nothing, and it serves everything. God is everywhere. Now let's go back to Ve'era. God is everywhere and everywhere and in everything. But he's concealed and he's hidden. So Ve'era, what does it mean that God says, I have revealed myself? 
It means I gave whoever it is. Let's say in this case, he says, I revealed myself to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Usually God is hidden. He's shrouded. He's concealed in darkness. He's concealed. We know there is a power of tzimtzum. Tzimtzum is a darkness that conceals and obscure gods. Now, in order that God should be revealed, we need light. So Ve'era, and I revealed myself to Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov through shining light to them. And therefore, they saw God. So the concept of the era, which is I have revealed myself, is the same idea of what of what light is, and therefore the what the contribution of the Alter Rebbe is that he brought light. But soon we're going to see, like the significance. I mean, every you know, many teachers taught Torah. What is what is unique about the light of the Alter Rebbe? We're going to get to there. But we know already from his name that the idea of the Alter Rebbe is Shnei Ur, that he is here to illuminate light. We know that Va'era means I have revealed myself. And the idea of revealing myself means turning on the lights on myself, on God. Through the light that the Alter Rebbe gives, as we're soon going to see, God is, reveals himself to each and every one of us. The I have revealed myself to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov is not just to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, it's to every single person that wants. You learn Hasidus. Hasidus gives you the light, the illumination, and through that light, God can reveal himself to you, to me, to all of us. In Hasidus, Hashem reveals himself. and The Hasidus, but... There is Hasidus in general, and there's the Hasidus of the Alter Rebbe. The Hasidus of the Alter Rebbe is the true light to experience the divine, Va'era. Let's take that even further. In the word Va'era, you have the word Or, light, because you have Vav, Aleph, Resh. Va'era spelled Vav, Aleph, Resh, Aleph. So you have the word Va'er, which if you Put the Vav between the Aleph and the Resh. It's not there. It's before it. But when you put it in, it becomes Oer. So in the word Vaera, besides the idea that it means I have revealed myself, which to reveal something is by turning on the light. That's when you reveal it. You don't know where your slippers are. Right? It's dark. You turn on the light. You know where your slippers are. You're looking for your headphones at night. You want to, you know, you can't fall asleep. You want you can't find it. You're fiddling around in your nightstand. You don't find it. Shine a little light. You can see it. Whatever it is that you need, light illuminates, helps to reveal what's there. And what's, what's really everywhere is God. And God is hidden. A little bit of light. And suddenly we can see God everywhere. And that light, the light of the Alter Rebbe. But in the word Va'or, Va'era, you have the word Or. But what's the extra Aleph doing there? And the answer is the second Aleph, the second Aleph is indicating again the word light. Because Aleph is the first letter of the word Or. So in the word Va'era, you have Or and another Aleph, which is 
the first letter for the word oyer. So therefore, you'll have two oyer. You have shnei oyer in the word va'era. Isn't that cool? So the altar at his yard site almost every year comes out in the week of va'era because the idea of va'era is illumination. And his name of the Alter Rebbe is Shnei Or, which is a two lights. So in the word Va'era, you have hinted to the two lights. But hold it. How come one light of the of Or is spelled out? Aleph Vav Reish. The second light is only hinted to with the letter Aleph, which is the first letter of, of, of the word Or. Why isn't it spelled out a second time? And the answer is... Because the Alter Rebbe gave us lights. What did the Baal Shem Tov say? He illuminated the light of the hidden part of the Torah. And he illuminated the light of the revealed part of the Torah. Since the Alter Rebbe brought us the light of the hidden and the revealed, so therefore the two lights, one of them is more revealed and one is more hidden. So the word oyer, that's in the beginning of the word va'er, va'era, the word oyer that's there is a very explicit light. It's referring to the light of the revealed part of the Torah. And which means the Alter Rebbe brought a special clarity into the revealed part of the Torah. And then the other Aleph, which is only indicating light, is because we're dealing with the mystical abstract light, the lights of Hasidus, which is more of a hidden light. And yet, that light too, Va'era, is revealed. Well, this is not my thought. This is the Lubavitcher Rebbe speaking about the Alter Rebbe, his great, 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 great grandfather, and finding him in Va'era, that in the word Va'era, or Aleph, two lights of Shneir Zalman. Now, okay, there are many great rabbis who taught a lot of Torah. What makes the Alter Rebbe unique? Now, the truth is you can ask every rabbi and every great scholar, what's, and everyone has a uniqueness. Tonight, we're focusing on the Alter Rebbe's uniqueness in the idea of light. So now let's examine, so let's examine what was his unique contribution and see that his contribution wasn't just that he gave us Torah, but he gave us the light of Torah, the illumination of Torah. So we start with the book of Tanya, with the book of Hasidus, which is his mystical book. The Tanya is a book that opens up the Balshemtov and the ways of Hasidus to, to the ordinary person. The Baal Shem Tov was the precursor to Mashiach. The Baal Shem Tov is the super soul that starts to, in a revealed way, reveal messianic light. And what's messianic light? The light of Hashem Echod. In other words, the light The, the 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 truth that God and the world are one. 
which means that the world has no other independent existence other than God, and therefore every, sing, every single object, phenomenon, entity, creation, every single idea, every single anything, any single being is really only Hashem. That idea that God is the only reality and everything is Him is what we are going to see when Mashiach comes. The nigla kvayd Hashem, the glory of God, is going to be revealed. Vero kolbasar, that all flesh will see kipi Hashem diver, that all that we see is just God speaking. Everything is God's, is, is words of the divine. Everything is Hashem. From the trees to the rivers, stars, the children playing in the playground, the markets, the big business centers. Everything. The insects, the birds, the animals. Everything that exists is, is nothing but another facet of God. We're going to see Hashem Achot. We're going to see that God is one. And the Balsham to reveal that. And obviously, that's a much deeper level of God. Until then, God was remote. Even in Jewish thinking, there was the world, and there is Hashem, and we believe that there's one God who runs the world. But the experience that ain't od movado, there's none but God, even though it's a pasuk, but that that means that every single thing is is nothing other than Hashem, is a teaching the Balshem Tov taught, which means the Balshem Tov accessed already. Now, let's understand something. It's very important. There is the the godliness of creation. And we were learning a lot about that yesterday in the long share that we gave yesterday. There is the divine the emanations, the lights that are the illuminations or the energy flow in for the creation. From that energy itself, the energy of the creation, the creation is created to be a creation, to be something other than God. Yes, if we probe it deeper, we realize that the creation is nothing other than the expression of the divine, but to see that and to experience that, it takes a higher light than the light of creation itself. So from the perspective of the creation and from the energy flow of the creation, one cannot absorb that, observe that, observe, one can't see that. So then the world always remains something other than God. It's only as a result of the downloading of higher godly truths of a deeper divine light to the world, which is the light of Torah and Mitzvahs, which is not the godliness of creation, but it's a godliness that's above the creation, infinitely higher even than the source of creation. When we download that light into the world, then we uncover that there's nothing other than God. There's not possibility for anything to exist other than Him. And therefore, there is a world. The world is nothing other than God. And that's why the Moshiach world can only come about after thousands of years of, of 
pre-Mashiach time, which is the time of work, in which we all channel this light into the world so that then the result of it is the messianic experience. There is none but him. And that explains why, until the Baal Shem Tov, because we were still very quite far from Mashiach, there wasn't yet enough light in the world for someone to be able to see already that there is none other than God. The Baal Shem Tov was the first person who wakes up to the Messianic reality, to Mashiach's reality. And the Baal Shem Tov is already looking at the world through Mashiach's eyes. He sees there's none but him. But because he's not just a, he's not a private soul, because the Baal Shem Tov is an all-encompassing soul, he's the leader of the Jewish people, his illumination in his own soul is meant to illuminate to all the Jewish people. So the Baal Shem Tov revealed and awakened the Jewish people to this idea that there is no separation. And the material and the physical is also divine. And that's why the Baal Shem Tov taught and inspired people to find godliness in everything. And to serve Hashem, not just in spiritual matters, but also in the physical. The Baal Shem Tov taught people to listen to conversations, even of Gentiles. And you hear a conversation and to realize that that's God talking to you. Find those words and hear the divine message. Hear God echoing through, through that conversation. It could be between two merchants buying and selling horses. And you hear a conversation and the Baal Shem Tov says, in those words, it's really God speaking. Because you're hearing it. It's a message from God to you at that moment. Open your ears and look deeper. That's what the Baal Shem Tov said. The Baal Shem Tov taught us to pay attention to the simple things. The Baal Shem Tov taught us not to fast and break the body. Until then, Judaism was very into mortifications and breaking of a body. The Baal Shem Tov said, don't crush the body. The body is too holy. The body as well as holy, not just the soul. So the Balshantov is messianic light. However, I should say the Balshantov is messianic truths, but there's still an, an aspect of light that is missing. Why? Because when the Balshantov experienced it, the Balshantov experienced these truths because his soul was one with these truths. This was, he, 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 he experienced them. His, he, he saw them. He was one with them. And he, because of his super neshama, was able to stimulate within our soul, our, our faith, our ramuna. And in our faith, in our ramuna, he was able to illuminate this truth. And as a result of that, radically transform our perspective. And the Jews around the Balshemtiv started to sense that truth. It resonated with them. They knew it absolutely deep in their every fiber of their being. They felt it in their gut. They felt it in their inner core. That they, when they as when they saw the Balshemtiv, heard the Balshemtiv, or met his students, and so on and so forth, they can experience that truth. They couldn't understand it. They couldn't explain it. It didn't make rationally, logically, it didn't make any sense. There was no way they can filter that into their comprehension and understanding. What does it mean there's none but God? What do you mean? There's a tree here. That's not God. There is a stone here. What do you mean there's none? 
it, it, it is God. What do you mean? How is it God? It's a tree. It's a stone. It's a something. God is not a something. So intellectually, in their minds, it didn't make any sense. But who cares? A person can be convinced of truths, even if they don't make it, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know, today we're dealing with, with, uh, with the, um, with the virus, and now there's another spike in the virus, and that's where I'm giving the class at homes because in my family, someone came, my wife came down with COVID, so I don't want to, I don't want to go and to the shul and give it to where people are, whatever, quarantining. So. Are certain things that are proven that they work. They help, but proven, proven not on a scientific level. It's not doesn't make a difference. There's a doctor who treated hundreds and hundreds, hundreds of patients in the beginning of COVID. None of his patients died. He gave them certain treatments, ivermectin, this, that, hydrocortisone, and it worked. In this community, the Jewish communities in New York. So many communities had hundreds of people dying. Right? And then there were people that were under his care. No one died. The same people, the same conduct, the same, the same type of people. Everything the same. Everybody was okay. And then they came out and said, oh, but we can't prove it scientifically. Okay. Scientific science, not science. It works. Common sense, it works. And when it works, it works for me. I'm, I'm not telling you stories. I was sick. I, mean, I got, this was last year, got the COVID. Immediately got the goods. Such a crazy world. You can't even get the goods, you know, uh, from your doctor because no one wanted to It's not scientific. So you have to go through the back channels. Thank God I'm, I had the connections to the back channels. Because, <laughs> you know, when... It's a matter of your life. You'll go through the back channels. And I took what I needed to take. And then one day it was gone. And now when my wife got sick, I got her the stuff again. And thank God. She's feeling terrific. Take a, take a, the two, three days. You take what you need to take. So something is true. It's tr true. It doesn't have to. I don't need a scientist to tell me. I don't need someone to explain it to me. How it, Who cares what works? Who cares how it works? And if you'd probably be honest and do a good sci uh, 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 thing, you'd probably uh, understand how it works as well. Like we spoke last night, when you don't want to see something, then you won't see it. But that's the idea over here is that certain truths are true, even if it doesn't make, even if we can't prove it logically, even if it doesn't make sense logically, it's still true. And the truth of God's truth. And the truth that there is none but him resonated in the souls of the, the Jewish people in Eastern Europe. And it was spreading. But it was lacking light. Which means when you experience something, but you can't explain it. So then it, you, it, 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 it remains a little, it remains detached to a certain degree. In other words, it's not, or let me, let me, let me put in these words. The reason we are capable of experiencing certain truths in our faith, in our, as faith, we believe in something, 
and it and that belief is even if I can't, for example, a person, you know, believes in a miracle, believes that miracles happen. And even if you can't explain it rationally how it is, you just believe and you know with absolute certainty that God is and God transcends nature and therefore miracles happen. So much so that when you're in trouble, you, you await for a miracle, even if you have no clue how it's going to happen. You're certain. How is it that? How is it that a, a a logical, rational human being accepts and and can live by a something that maybe contradicts the mind? The answer is, our mind is most of the time the barometer of what is real or not. The mind is a filter, which filters out truths from false. But the mind is still part of our human experience, part of our human faculties. There is a higher transcendental power in the human soul that is the godly dimension of our soul, which transcends even intelligence. And at that place, we have like a kind of a sensor that sensors, senses the infinite because the mind can't know the infinite. The mind being the mind is is part of the finite existence. So the mind can perceive finite truths, not infinite truths. Infinite truths to connect to and to know them, you have to reach out to them with the infinite sensor in your soul, where your own soul is infinite. And that's the power of faith. It's the divine point in us. It's not our human self, it's our divine self. God kind of put placed a chip of himself inside each and every one of us, and that chip communicates with the infinite. And the Bolshemtov aroused that chip. And the Bolshemtov used that chip of faith that's in every single Jew to shine this new godly innovation that he innovated it was always there, but to illuminate through that chip. And these Jews all came alive through the Bolshemtov. And that was for two generations of Hasidic. It was started with the Bolshemtim and expanded through a student, Reb Dov Ber, the Mizritcha Magid, in which it became more powerful and stronger because it spread more and more. But the third generation came Reb Shneir Zalman of Liadi. And Reb Shneir Zalman of Liadi took this divine truths of Hashem Echad that the Bolshemtim taught and somehow, in an unbelievable, godly way, in a way that really is we can't, is beyond our comprehension, managed to create, or not to create, to reveal a logical system, a system of, of intellectual exploration that can explore and can reach through the mind, through intelligence, through 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 logical thinking to to open the mind up to what is really beyond the mind, to the infinite truths. So the infinite truths of Hasidus are explored through the mind. And the mind doesn't spit it out. The mind doesn't reject it because it's too intense or too high. The mind absorbs it. And then that's called light. Chachma is called light. Because the connection was before the altar 
But the Alter Rebbe gave us the ability to, he opened the light that we can understand and appreciate. That's why the mind is called, Chachma is called Ur. Like it says in the, the verse, it says, Haksil, the fool, goes in darkness. So you see, we compare a fool. What's the, what, what's the what's the deficiency of a fool? A fool doesn't have doesn't have seichel. Is lacking in 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 uh, lacking in intelligence, and 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 we say that he's going in the dark. So, and wisdom is illumination because when a person is wise or when a person has a working mind, the intelligence that we have. Gives us clarity. What does what does light do? Is clarity. When it says it says God said, "Let there be light." I think one of the commentators, not one of one of the medrash, somehow over there says there was wisdom because wisdom is light. Or hachachma, the light of chachma. When we can know something and know it through our intelligence, then our connection, let's understand what happens. We mentioned earlier that the reason we are able to to experience and to accept and to be certain and convinced about certain truths that are beyond our intelligence that's that's because of what? That's because we have a receptor in us that can receive these truths. That's that chip that we spoke about. That chip of the divine that's embedded inside our human souls. But therein lies also a certain limitation. When you know that truth and you only can process it in that divine chip of your being, then it remains kind of secluded in the sacred spot in you, but it has... Le- it's not really permeating every fiber of your being. But if you can release it out of that chip and introduce it into your regular human psyche, not your godly transcendental psyche, but you can move it into the human psyche, then you're now you're bringing that truth into your everyday regular self. And from your intelligence, it can descend into your emotions and get you really excited. In other words, as long as things are still in just in the faith, it's a truth that you know, but it's detached from you. Once you're bringing it into your mind, then it's permeating. It's not detached. You become until you can become so unified with it that it fills your entire being. And obviously, it's metamorphosizes, transforms the person. And if that truth is the truth of God. And if that truth is the truth of Hashem Echad, that God is one, that means you can become completely one with God, and that is Mashiach. Mashiach is going to be the time when we are all going to be living with when the natural experience of everything to all of us all the time is going to be that it is nothing other than God. We can live that way already now through the teachings of Hasidus, through the through the Altarev. And that's the magic of the Alter Rebbe. That's that power. That was his contribution. And that's why he is light. Because that's what light does. Light 
light enables us to connect to things. And the Alter Rebbe gave us the most important light. The light in which the divine becomes clear. And we can completely connect to it. That's his first light. The light of the book of Tanya. So you can a person can explore all the various different books of Hasidism. And it happened to me as well. When I was a young boy of about 13, 14, 15. I was very turned on by that chip in my soul to seek spirituality. And in a sense, I was pretty different than I think most of the boys my age in the fact that, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm a, re a regular person who enjoys, enjoys the potato chips and pizza and falafel at that age and sadly still now. <laughs> but the difference was that I always had this, this quest that took me beyond Talmudic study. I was always in search for the spiritual aspects of Judaism. I was very, I was literally, I was always drawn to a more mystical approach in Judaism. I always wanted to know like, like what's, what we don't see. And that was not the main study in yeshiva, as you all know. We study yeshiva, we study the nuts and bolts of halacha, of Judaism, of, of Tal Talmud study. And while all other boys who were into study liked learning that, I had less of an interest. And my interest was always, my quest was always in the mystical side of things. So I read many books, but I, I always felt that the, whatever I'm reading was like not connecting to me because I don't grasp that. It, it was true, but I didn't grasp that. And then one Shabbos, I was, in, I, was, I was 17 years old and I was in Israel and I, someone pulled me and brought me to Kfar Chabad, which is a Chabad village in Israel. And I had, for the first time, I started, I had, a, someone gave me a class in Hasidus Chabad. And suddenly all these things that I kind of knew were true and I grappled and touched these, but suddenly someone was explaining them to me in a way that would make so much sense. And it made it, so there was nothing really new, but yet it became illuminated. And I've illuminated. And once I got a taste of it, I could not put it down. I was 31 or 32 years later. And, and, 31 years later, and I can't, get an, I can't get enough of it. That's the teachings of the Alter Rebbe, made godliness accessible and enables us to fully assimilate ourselves with the divine. The quality of light. Va'era. Va'era. Enabling God to reveal himself, to reveal himself completely to us, to all aspects of us. The second book the Alter Rebbe wrote, the second Sefer, was the Shulchan Aruch. Now, Shulchan Aruch is not an innovation of the Alter Rebbe. 200 years before, um, let me see, 1570s around. And the Alter, yeah, around close to about uh, 175 years around, if not exactly a good, uh, I'm not, something like that, between 150 and 200 years before the Alter Rebbe, Rabbi Yosef Karo, author of the Shulchan Aruch, the first code of, Jew of law in a very systemized way. And then the Alter Rebbe, close to 200 years later, authored his Shulchan Aruch. So some people say, you know, on, a, on, a, on, a, on an external observation, what, what is the Alter Rebbe adding over the Shulchan Aruch, Rabbi Yosef Karu, is that um, in those 200 years, there were new questions that came about. And there was much response written and much discussed by the great uh, uh, halachic authorities. So he was adding in 
to his Shulchan Aruch, the new, the new, the updates. He, he gave us an updated version of Shulchan Aruch. And in that sense, you can argue and say that 150 years after the Alter Rebbe, the great saintly scholar, the Chafetz Chaim, um, he um, gave us a later update. He also wrote that kind of a, he didn't write a Shulchan Aruch. He took the Shulchan Aruch and wrote a commentary, the most common commentary on Allah. And that's another update. But the main contribution of the Alter Rebbe, really, in his Shulchan Aruch is not that he updated and he added in the latter, the latter discussions. It wasn't just the updated version. What the Alter Rebbe did was that he added to every halacha. See, the Shulchan Aruch is dry halacha. As you open up a Shulchan Aruch, you get a rundown of every subject in question of Jewish behavior. What is Shulchan Aruch? It's when you want to consult the 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 a the Torah regarding the actual performance performance of a mitzvah and daily life. So, if you want to know how to make your kitchen kosher or what's kosher, what's not kosher. So that, so when you're learning Talmud, you get Talmudic ideas, but you're not going to know bottom line, yes or no, kosher or not kosher. You'll have the the underlying concepts, but if you want to know the actual verdict, you got to look Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch says you are allowed to do so. You're not allowed to do so. This is forbidden. This is the yes and the no's of all of Judaism. The musts and the not and the exemptions. Everything that applies in today's days. Of living the life of a Jew, so it's the final, final verdict. After all the arguments and back and forths of the of of, of all the rabbis, you get the final. Uh, so, so tell me, can I do this or I can't do it? Can I move this on Shabbos or I can't? That's the Shulchan Aruch, but it's dry in the sense that it doesn't give you the explanations and the reasoning behind it. What the Alter Rebbe did in his Shulchan Aruch was. Not only did he update and give us the final conclusion of the halacha, but every halacha, he gives you the background. He gives you the reasons of those who say so and those who say like this and why you're not allowed to and why you are allowed to. What are the underlying reasons to it? What happens? When you learn his shulchan aruch, there is not just the law, there is a lot of light because you can appreciate and see what's the, what's the why it has to be so. What's the reasoning? Why is this the practice? Where does it come from? What, where, and when? And what does that do? It enables you to really get into your observance. Because when you do observance and you're just, you're just conforming to the, to the laws, then you're doing it. And the main thing in mitzvahs is to do them, not to understand them. It's the main thing is to do them. God gives us certain instructions of how to live life. And that's why you learn Shulchan Aruch, to know how to be a Jew. What are the expectations of a person in their life in all aspects of daily living, business, marriage, holidays, daily blessings, kosher, not kosher, all aspects of life. But you can do these things more robotically without light, light or everything is clear, everything makes sense. That light 
And obviously, when you have light in it, you have much more life in what you're doing. So again, the quality of light. And that is Shnei Or. And that takes us back to the era. Or the era, I have made myself revealed. So number one, through the great tzaddik, Reb Shneir Zalman of Liadi, who tonight is his 219th yard site, which means tonight his energy is so powerful. We can all pray to God and, and open ourselves up for divine illumination. And divine illumination that allows us to appreciate and to connect to God on such a deep, powerful level. And our ability to be able to take really as a result of the Alter Rebbe's contribution, the, the, the divine, to be able to take the divine into ourselves, to merge with the divine, to connect with the God on a level, because the Alter Rebbe is really drawing God who is completely beyond all logic and all mind and all understanding and actually bringing that into the realm of intelligence. How, what, how did he do that? That's because God wants that we should be able to experience him, not just in our faith, but also in our mind. And that's the whole purpose of the giving of the Torah and bringing the Torah into the world to merge the infinite with the finite. And that's why also it's really it's what 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 what's the what's the what's the whole purpose of the arrow? The, what's the soul of this week's parsha? The soul of this week's parsha is God begins to break the shackles of Egyptian exile, and He's opening up the path to the redemption. And what's the redemption all about? The giving of the Torah. And and why is that called redemption? Because the, redemption means to go out of all constraints. Mitzrayim means constraints. And to go out of all constraints. The way to go out of all constraints is the only way to go out, no matter how, no matter whatever achievement you have, there's still a limit to your achievements. The only way you can get out of all constraints is only through connecting to the one that's above all constraints. And that is only God. And that's the, through the Torah. When you study Torah and when you do mitzvahs, you're connecting to God. Right? So, Vaera, which is the first story, the first parsha of the liberation of the Exodus. Shmos is God speaking to Moshe to go liberate the Jewish people, but the actual the actual Geula didn't start yet. In Vaera, it starts because the plagues begin and all, and divine revelation starts. God begins to reveal and He starts breaking the ch the shackles of exile, the chains of exile. In other words, the limitations and the boundaries are giving away allowing for the unification to happen. And what is it really all about? Va'era. I have revealed myself. To who? To you. And when God reveals himself to each and every one of us, that's our liberation. That's our breaking out of every constraint. But the ultimate of it is when he reveals himself to us, not to our highest spiritual point, but that he reveals himself to us to our regular, ordinary, limited selves, beginning with our mind and through our mind down into the lower aspects of our being. So we are completely one with Hashem. And the man that stands, just like Moshe Rabbeinu, was that facilitator to enable that to happen. 
a few thousand years later comes the soul of tonight, of the leader of Rabshneir Zalman of Liyadi, and he, and he facilitates, and he bridges that bridge, and he opens us up for complete unification with God. And now it's only dependent on us. If we want to, pick up the book, study and learn, join classes that we have, but not only me, there's many other rabbis that teach these teachings. But this is the important thing, to learn Hasidus. It was through the teachings of Hasidus and and the, the uniqueness of the Hasidus Chabad is that it doesn't bypass the mind. It works not only on our faith, it does stimulate the faith in a very powerful way, but it doesn't stop with the faith. It draws the faith down into the intellect and into the mind. And via the mind, it makes for a comprehensive godly experience an all-embracing and all-encompassing unification, how we can become completely unified with God. And that is what is so powerful. That is what is so special. So l'chaim al-bracha, may we already see the fruits in the complete revealed way of all of this. We don't have to just talk about it and explain it and see, but that we should literally be able to see it physically with our eyes. And that's going to be when... Mashiach turns on the lights, the very lights the Alter Rebbe turned on, but he like kind of makes those lights even brighter so that we can all see physically how he is everything and everything is him. L'chaim